We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Sports bettors ready for some picks destined to fail. It's time to hear what the Sports Daily staff thinks of the weekend games. Oh, man, here we go. You know, sometimes we poke fun, but as Jad will unveil here, last week was pretty good. Last was a pretty good week. That felt good. Felt good. Jeez, I'm happy for you. <laughs> Jad, give us get, get us up to date here, Jad. And uh, Paul's a little grumpy because he lost in the picks last week, but it wasn't a terrible loss. He, Paul still had a pretty good week, just you know, not as not as good as Tommy and I. I know, Jad. Yeah. How'd we do last week? I was kind of disappointed because I have to say, y'all did pretty well. Um, let's see the results for the week. Uh, Jacob and Tommy both six and three. Well, six, three, and one. There was a push last week, by the way. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Jacob and Tommy, 6-3-1. Paul, 5-4-1. So, you're still better than 500. Paul. Well, I'm humbled to be in the presence of Tommy and Jacob right now. Yeah, I mean, you should be. I, I feel humbled. And, yep. Yeah. So, anyways. Yeah, that push I'm just was... glad that I'm I'm extending that lead. I'm just a, I'm a fan of that. Yeah. It's delaying the inevitable well, is all it is. You're just going um... week by week, big boy. Come on now. I mean, no, don't, don't start getting <laughs> cocky because I, I wouldn't if I was you. There's an ebb and flow to Friday football picks. Yeah, it was the first it was the first push we've seen in the picks. Uh let's see. Plus 3 Bills Ravens, Bills by 3. So, there it was. Well, there you go. Well, that's what happens when you have a flat number, but I've got it Jan, I got a new philosophy I'm going to go with on no. my college picks today. What is it? This Paul? is going to be a great <laughs> philosophy and I I'm going to try it. I'm going to go with whichever team I think is offering more NIL number, uh, a, a higher NIL number. In other words, more money. Who's paying their players the most money? I'm not real sure on some of these teams, but I'm going to make an educated guess. And, fellas, my pick is going to be who's giving the most money, at least as far as I can tell. What do you think of that? I think that's a darn good philosophy, and I may just keep it if it proves successful. What do you guys think? I don't know. I just feel like right now, Paul, you're kind of in desperation mode, and I get it. I understand. Like I'm not. I'm not gonna be. You know, I'm not gonna argue with you about that. Um, we'll just see if this desperation move works. Yes. Yes. I think. I think. I've got a good feeling about it this week. I'm feeling good. <laughs> okay. Well, you're gonna get your opportunity because Jad hit the music. Here we go. Uh, let's jump right into the picks. And you know, I I took these. Uh, we don't usually start with them, but I'm too excited about it. We're going to start with the two I think that everyone is the most excited about. First, uh, the early game, TCU at KU. So the line as of this morning that we're going with, I checked these. These are as of 
Uh, it was probably about 8.15 a.m. or so, 8 o'clock, when I took these from BetMGM. That's where we always take our lines. That's why we leave out the hooks and can come up with ties occasionally, as we did last week. But this one right now, it's 6.5. I've seen it as high as 7. I think it started around 5. We've got it at KU getting 6.5 at home. Uh, Tommy, we'll start with you. I, I think I know where you're headed with this, but but give us a, a breakdown. Man, TCU is good. Uh, I was surprised as the rest of the world when they absolutely demolished Oklahoma last week. Sonny Dykes is building something really good with the Horned Frogs. That being said, the game is in Lawrence, college game day there for the first time. Uh, the Jayhawks are riding that wave of momentum right now. I like that line. I'm going to take KU, and I'm going to go ahead and take the points. Yeah, look, I, I gamble enough to know that you don't mess with a hot streak, right? And right now, KU's making me a lot of money. They're, they pay every week. They pay on the money line every week. I'm taking them on the money line. Not not here, though. I'll take the points here. But I'm going to take the six and a half points for KU. Uh, they got something special. I think everybody's a little bit down on them because of the way they played Iowa State. But I'm still betting that that offense is more like the offense we score, saw score 50 a game than the one uh, that we saw Otherwise, I'll take KU in the points. Paul, we're going to give you an opportunity for an island and to be uh, the biggest buzzkill in the history of KFH Radio. So what are you going to do with this? Well, I'm going to buzzkill a couple people here right now that I can think of. And here's the thing. KU, we know what they're giving all the Kansas kids, what, what those kids are signing for. We know the amount. We know exactly what the amount is. And I think K, I think TCU is giving more than that. So in NIL money, I believe TCU is probably given an extra twenty-five to fifty thousand dollars more per per player signed. I'm taking TCU because of the NIL. I'm taking TCU. Ooh, where's that? Do we have that trombone music? Womp womp, <laughs> queued up there. Jad, we need it because that was a uh, wow. Wow, Paul. Okay. Well, let's see if you can do it again. You can start us off on this one. Oh. You can go two for two on, on Captain Buzzkill, Paul. K-State favored by two on the road at Iowa State. Farmageddon, Iowa State plus two. Where are you going, big well, boy? Well, this is also a situation where with Kansas State, we know exactly what every Kansas kid is signing for. We know to the dollar what most kids from the state of Kansas are signing for. We also know because of coaching connections, we also know what – Iowa State is paying. Iowa State is, is paying not a substantially larger amount than KSU, but it is a larger amount. I'm taking Iowa State because their NIL is larger. You're taking Iowa State, <laughs> yes. so you're taking TCU and Iowa State. Right. Okay. Uh, oh, there it is. Thank you. That's uncalled for. What? For guys' sakes. Well, for us, it's going to put you behind. K-State is my favorite bet of the week, by the way, in college or pro. I, I just think K-State is better at everything that Iowa State does. K-State does it better. I get it. It's on the road. I get it. It's late. It's Farmageddon. It can get weird. I just think K-State's a better football team. So two points is great for me. I'm taking the Cats, and I'm giving the two. Tommy? Man, I'm just glad that Paul is here for comic relief. That's just kind of, I mean, because these these picks are hilarious that he's uh, doing so far. Jacob, I'm going with you. Uh, it's got to be Kansas State. Uh, I'm taking them to cover. Jeez, I'm yeah, so look, glad the, the, I can make you guys laugh and giggle. The, uh, thank I'll you say for... this. The, the TCU pick is just one that's no fun. 
but I get it. I, I can't find it for Iowa State on, on K-State, which is – K-State fans may want to kill me for saying that, but uh, I, I just – I love K-State in that game. All right, Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma plus nine. Um, let's see, you're up first on this one, Paul. Texas at OU – uh, neutral site game, Red River rivalry, all those things. Oklahoma get nine. What do you think? Well, we know that that Oklahoma's paying a ton of money of, out for NIL. But have you heard the numbers for Texas, what they're paying? My gosh, they're paying walk-on offensive linemen well into the six digits in NIL money. Because the Texas NIL money is so large, I'm taking Texas. Okay. Uh, Tommy? What about the actual football game? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, all right, what's my analysis going to be? And all Paul's talking about is NIL money. But I get it. It is what it is. It's a strategy. We'll see if it pays out, uh, pays off for him. Uh, I keep thinking that over the last couple of weeks, every week for OU, I've thought they've got to bounce back. They've got to bounce back. It's going to happen for them. This is the Sooners we're talking about here. And this is their Super Bowl. It's the Red River rivalry. They're not ranked. They're not making it anywhere in uh, the college football playoff not gonna happen for him so this is the biggest game of the year for the Sooners they've got so much to play for I think they'll bounce back I like that line a lot I'm gonna take OU and I'm gonna go ahead and take the points yeah I'm gonna take the points too I'm taking OU I I think that OU is I think that OU is one I don't you know Texas isn't this juggernaut this year but I think OU's better than they played against TCU, and I didn't think they looked, by the way, that bad against K-State. Um, they looked bad against TCU. I'll I'll lean to OU. That's, that's a lot of points in this game. I'm going to take the nine. All right, Tech at Oklahoma State, the other Big 12 game here. The Cowboys favored by nine and a half. This one is at home. Uh, Tommy, I believe you're up first on this one. This one's really interesting to me. Yeah, I 100% am bought in and sold on Mike Gundy and the Cowboys. They are, in my opinion, right now as it stands, the best team in the Big 12 and the best shot that the Big 12 has to get into the CFP. I'm taking Oklahoma State, and I'm going to go ahead and lay the points. Uh, Paul, what do you think? This is a a tricky one. Well, I'm not sure which either team is paying in NIL, which makes my point. And I've said this on previous shows with you, Jacob. I want to know what teams are paying in NIL, and I know there's a lot of controversy right now about teams not reporting what they're paying in NIL. I think we have a right to know. I think we have a right to know things like money being paid to uh, players. But with that being said, I don't know what TCU or Oklahoma State pay. I'm not sure. So I've got to go with my gut, and my gut says that Oklahoma State's going to pay more money than Texas Tech. I don't know if that's a, a fact or not. But I'm going to go ahead and take Oklahoma State because I'm betting they pay more NIL than Texas Tech. Paul, man, I don't have I don't have a clue what you're talking about, man. I I, I gotta <laughs> I gotta go with the game, the football players that are playing the game, and I I don't know. This one's hard because I do think Oklahoma State right now is the favorite in the conference. But Tech is Tech is a fighter. I think Oklahoma State's going to win, but I think Tech can cover this. I think they can cover the nine and a half. It gives me a chance at an island here. That's a lot of points that they can get inside that number. I'll take Tech and get the number there. Tennessee and LSU is on there because it's an interesting game. Uh, I think I'm up first here. 
when the home team is getting points in that league, I think I'm going to take it. Not a, not a ton of analysis on this one. I, I wouldn't actually spend any money on this game. It was just an interesting game on the slate. I'm going to take LSU plus three here against Tennessee. Tommy? I feel like we've almost shifted into a financial show here all of a sudden uh, as opposed to a sports show. But, hey, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, I don't have a ton of analysis on this one. Uh, I've liked what I've seen from the volunteers so far this season. LSU, it's going to take some time for Brian Kelly, I think, to get things turned around down in Baton Rouge. So I'm taking, uh, taking Tennessee, and I'm going to go ahead and take the points. All right, Paul, break the tie here. Tennessee or LSU plus three? Well, I think that, uh, quite frankly, you know, those Rocky Top people are nuts. I mean, they're nuts about their football going back to General Neyland and the whole bit. I mean, seriously, this is this is a a state crazy for their football. LSU is also crazy. Uh, however, I believe that Tennessee is probably paying, I'm going to say, twenty five to 50000 more per player in NIL. I'm going to take Tennessee because I think they pay more NIL. All right, thank God we move on away from NIL and go to the NFL. Uh, From the NIL to the NFL, Steelers at Bills. Bills minus 14. The the Steelers apparently were the last team in NFL history or, 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 or the last team to hold out from being a dog of 14 points or more. So that's kind of interesting here. Uh, Tommy, you're up first. Bills, you going to lay two touchdowns right now? Yeah, I am. I think the Bills cover this. Uh, the, the Steelers don't have much offense at all, although they, they were able to move the ball better with Kenny Pickett once they made that change at quarterback. I've been saying it all along that he needed to be the quarterback in week one. It took Mike Tomlin like four weeks to make the change. He finally did. So I think the Steelers will be better, but they're not there yet. I'm taking the Bills to cover. Uh, okay, I, I'm going to take the Steelers reluctantly. I do think Pickett makes their offense quite a bit better. Um, and the other thing is, Buffalo's doing now sort of what they did last year. They got some injuries. They're not quite as explosive on offense. I think they will be at some point, get back to that explosive offense. I guess for 14 points, I'll I'll bet that maybe it's not this week. I'll take the Steelers in the points. Uh, this is a tricky one. Paul, what do you think? Well, the payroll for the Bills is, oh, I'm just kidding, you guys. Here that we was, go. That God. was a joke, for God's sakes. Don't, don't hang that on my head. But I'll tell you what, the 14 points is, is a problem. But I look at the other side, and how experienced is Kenny Pickett? I mean, do we think he's going to be good? Well, we don't know. I think there's potential for Kenny Pickett to be a a very good NFL quarterback. But he's still on a learning curve, and a big learning curve it is. I think that the pass rush for the Bills could be the difference in this football game. And I'll tell you what, it kills me to give 14 points. But I'm going to give 14 points, and I'm going to join Tommy. Sorry, Tommy. But I'm joining you with the Bills. Uh, Kenny Pickett just has to be better than Mitch Trubisky. And I think that he already is. Uh, Chargers at Browns. You know, the Chargers are interesting. They're winning games. They're maybe not playing at the level people thought. The Browns coming off a tough loss, getting points at home, two and a half. Um, Houston ran kind of effectively against Vegas last week. I think you're up first here, Paul. Browns plus two and a half at home, or are you go? Are you riding with the Chargers? Well, this could be a coin flip, as far as I'm concerned. The point spread of two and a half, I think, is 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 almost you know non-negotiable with regards to how do you go on this game, and basically you've got to go with what you think is best. I think overall the Chargers may have a better shot at this game. I don't know if they're substantially better than the Browns, 
but I know that the Chargers may have the potential for a slightly better pass rush, and you know how big I am on that kind of stuff. I'm going to take the Chargers, and I'm going to confess, fellas, I'm guessing on this one. Yeah, it's it feels like a guess to me, too. I think I'm up next. I'm going to take the Chargers as well. Um, I don't feel good about it, though, on the road with Nick Chubb on the other, other side of this. But Justin Herbert, I would hope, is getting a little healthier, and I haven't seen the status of Keenan Allen this week, but I do think the Chargers will start grooving here. I'll, I'll, I'll lay the points here on the road. I'll take it. Tommy, a chance for an island. What do you think? Well, you know, the Chargers are decimated by injuries right now, and Justin Herbert still battling through that rib injury. Joey Bosa is on the IR right now. They, they've, they've had a lot of pieces on defense that – have been injured off and on throughout the course of this season. I don't love the Browns. You know, Jacoby Brissett is, I guess, filling in okay or decently for right now until Deshaun Watson gets back. But I think the the overall X factor in this game, and you mentioned it, is Nick Chubb. I like him. I like what he's been able to do this year. I'm going to be on an island by myself. I'm taking the Browns. There it well, is. There you go. Browns for time. No, I think that's fine. I think that's I probably think a pretty good. I think that's probably a pretty good island to take. All right. Uh, Cowboys. This one's interesting. Cowboys at Rams. Rams are favored by five and a half. I'll start here. I, I, I was wrong about the Cowboys in the sense that I thought the season was over. Their defense is one of the best in the league. Uh, the Rams are really struggling offensively right now. I'm actually going to take the Cowboys here and take those points. Um, I'll take the five and a half the way their defense is playing that this might be a pretty ugly game low scoring game but I'll take the Cowboys Paul what do you think yeah when you have a good defensive team and and you're getting five and a half points that's not a nuts type bet that's not bad at all I'm with you I hate to get on this with you but I think I'm going to take the Cowboys as well they're not playing that bad a defensive football I'm taking the Cowboys Tommy what do you think Fellas, there are only three things in this world that are guaranteed, and that is death, taxes, and me never picking the Cowboys. I'm taking the Rams to cover. <laughs> okay, well. All right, there that's, we go. That's Another island. That's, that's Interesting. nice to know. Uh, this is maybe the – I don't know if it's the best game of the week, but it might be the best game of the week featuring two of the best teams playing each other anyway. Bengals at Ravens. Ravens at home. Ravens uh, favored by three and a hook here, three and a half, which is interesting. Uh, Tommy, Bengals, do you believe in their momentum or are the Ravens due for a big-time bounce-back game? I believe in the Bengals and their momentum, but I believe in Lamar Jackson more. I think it's pretty simple from what we've seen so far with Baltimore. You know, there have been some late-game decisions that haven't been great from John Harbaugh, but ultimately, they're 2-2 two and two right now. They could easily be 4-0. and oh. They've led a majority of all four of the games they've played so far this season. Uh, I like their chances. I like Lamar Jackson. I'm going to take the Ravens to cover. Savage, what do you think there? You know, something couldn't have said it better myself. I'm taking the Ravens because of Lamar Jackson. That's all I need to say. Lamar Jackson, I believe in you. I believe you're one of the better quarterbacks. Bengals, I'm still not sure who they are, what they are. I'm not convinced that they're as good as they've been. I'm taking the Ravens as well, Tommy. It's interesting. You said the Ravens could be 4-0. I think the Bengals could be 4-0, too. Um, and I think they are beginning to play a little bit better. And I think that extra half point could be a factor in a field goal type game. So I'm going to take the three and a half. I'm going to take the island with a pretty good team and hope that the Bengals continue uh, to improve as they have the last couple of weeks. Last one, Raiders at Chiefs. 
Chiefs minus seven. Paul, you go first here. You lay in that number at home on Monday Night Football. I'm going to lay that number because I think this is a situation where the Chiefs are starting to feel it. They're starting to – I don't know about how the Chiefs actually feel, but I think they're, they're, they're doing what they need to do. They're becoming good at what they do. I'm just going to go ahead and take the Chiefs. They're so darn talented, and when you got Patrick Mahomes, what can I say? Patrick Mahomes, I'll lay the seven. I'm taking the Chiefs. Tommy, you comfortable with seven points? What do you think? Well, you know, I made the mistake last week. The only mistake I, I feel like I made a week ago in the picks was being on an island by myself and taking the Buccaneers to beat the Chiefs. So I'm not going to make that same mistake twice. Uh, I think the, the Raiders are going to run into a buzzsaw on Monday Night Football. The Chiefs played the most complete game of football in primetime a week ago against Tampa Bay that I've seen in a long time. I think they continue it back at home against the Raiders. I'm going to take the Chiefs to cover. Uh, I am too. I, I just got to remember that the reason they played so poorly against Indianapolis was all self-inflicted mistakes. And and it wasn't, you know, a talent issue. And at home on Monday Night Football, I feel like they're far less likely to do that. I, I think they can cover seven. I do think the Raiders are hinting at getting back onto the right track, but I don't know if it's going to be enough here. I'll take the Chiefs. We'll make that one a clean sweep. And by the way, I'm glad Jad keeps receipts. Tommy, you picked the Cowboys last week. I did. About. Yes, you pay. You won. What? You won your pick oh. against Washington. Right. Well. Uh, but Jad, Jad's got it. Jad's got it there for us. Yeah. Um, Tommy sounds all like right. We, we've there's going to be movement this week. Yeah, there we, is. We, but... we had we had differences on quite a few of these. There's so only, not a lot of clean sweeps. But there here we there go. is only one clean clean sweep this week. So it is will it be Chiefs. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, boys, we're gonna we're gonna shake this thing up a little bit. As we make our way through. All right, there's picks for everybody. We're going to come back, uh, give ourselves plenty of time to talk a little high school football because the slate this week is fantastic. Matt Henderson of Catch of Kansas joins us next on Sports Daily. Your phone call is welcome. school football this may be our best slate uh up right now at catchakansas.com by the way is a nice preview of the big one with derby and Mays, number two in each of their respective classifications according to the catch of kansas rankings uh two of the top if not the top players in the state go head to head childhood friends with dylan edwards at derby with avery johnson at Mays. here we go we bring in matt henderson the executive producer of catchakansas.com uh, Matt, you tab this, and I think you're right, is our best slate so far. And let's start right there at the top. Mays Derby. I mean, this is everything you'd want, right, in a high school football game. 
I mean, two teams that, like you said, top two players, according to basically every recruiting service out there in the state of Kansas this year. Um, two teams with the last two seasons have played games that were one-point games. Mays won in 2020, Derby won last year, both defended their home turf right there. And, I mean, Dylan Edwards, Avery Johnson, like those offenses, you're going to get a lot of points. And Mays' defense this year, I mean, that'll be the, that might be the biggest X factor that I think is just how well Mays' defense has played this season. Can they slow down someone like Edwards this, this week? And I'm, I'm excited just to follow along with it. This, it's going to be an exciting matchup. Matt, you know, I think in years past, you would have looked at this matchup or really any matchup that included Derby in it and just thought uh, it's probably a given that Derby is going to, to win and probably win by a decisive margin. That really hasn't been the case so far this year. Derby is still really good, but don't get me wrong. Uh, but as far as them being bulletproof and taking on a really, really talented Maze squad, what do you think the, the key to the, to the game will be if Maze wants to win? It's got to be just stopping Dylan Edwards. I think Mays is going to get their uh, pass. Their passing game is is, is nearly impossible to stop with the uh, the, three, the top three receivers that the Eagles have, plus Avery throwing on the ball, Avery on the ground, Deshaun Carter on the ground. Everybody like that is just it's just it's just potent from all levels in the offense. So yeah, I think it would be like if Mays can slow down Dylan Edwards at all, they should win this handily. I still I still would pick that the uh, Eagles will take this one maybe a little more than the one-point results that we've been getting used to seeing in these matchups. But either way, excited to really just follow along and see what, what comes of this one. Well, you know, Matt, I really want to talk to you about Capen and, and Carroll. I think that's still interesting. Um, it's an interesting game this year. But I want to go back to last week, and I know since we haven't talked to you since last week's games were played, and the Andale victory over Chapman, 108 to, uh, to zero. I wanted to get your opinion on that game, how it was handled. Now, I will tell you this, fellas, that I was—I uh, I know a guy who was at that game, and he said, basically, Andover did everything they could do to not score points, and uh, which included a running clock in the second half. I mean, a running clock is a running clock, even on touchdowns, but 108 to nothing. And uh, I just wanted to get your opinion, what your thoughts were, what you've heard about that, uh, what you've seen of it. A little about uh, 108 to zip. Yeah, so uh, if you ha- if you haven't read it, Taylor Eldridge with the Wichita Eagle, one of my good, one of my good friends, he uh, um, did, 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 kind of broke it all down pretty well. That like uh, painted a much different story story than what we just saw on the scoreboard. I mean, you're going to see 108 to zero. You're going to immediately think, oh, they're running up the score. They're doing this, doing that. It doesn't sound like that was the case. Like I've talked to Dylan Schmidt, head coach, many times. Great guy. I don't think he would ever he'd try to do that, but. That team, that they said that, what, 22 plays were ran in the first half of offense total for Andel, and they scored 72 points on 22 plays. Like, Nick, they're, they're running the ball every single play. They're basically, they know exactly what Andel's going to do, and they just weren't able to stop them. Second half, you're looking at only freshmen, only JV playing, running clock the entire second half, which has to be agreed upon by both coaches, and they both did. And Andel still, still is able to continue to score, whether it's he's on just like one play since a freshman, they just kind of take it to the end zone like that, or like there were what three or four pick sixes in that game too. So it's it it doesn't look good on the scoreboard, but once you kind of like go into breaking it down, you understand exactly how it happened. And Andel is just that much better than the competition that they faced this year. 
Yeah, it's tough. I, I hate we all hate those situations. Nobody likes it. Andale doesn't like it either. Nope. Uh, the Holy nope. War this year played at Riverfront Stadium. We've seen some images of that transforming into a football stadium. We finally get our first football game at that stadium. Capen has, uh, I think it's fair to say they've disappointed to some degree this year, but you still, the, the records are there. Where are we at with all the records? And this feels like an opportunity for Capen to finally get those things turned back around and over with. Yeah, so the one thing you always look at with the Holy War is like, a, like, like is the fact that just, just how much Bishop Carroll has dominated the series. 1999, the last time Capen beat their rivals. And before that, I mean, we remember the 80s and the 90s, Capen was the uh, dominant team, so Carroll didn't win any of those games. So you're looking at two different eras with those with those two schools. And uh, this year, I mean, Capen's playing well the last few weeks, like a little lesser competition, but Amari Elias, their standout running back, he's uh, already cracked 1,000 yards for the season. So it's, I think that would be the biggest question is, can Carroll really slow down Elias the way that, like, Northwest, for instance, did? If that's the case, then uh, Capen has if, – if, if Capen – if Elias is able to get going, Capen has a real shot. But if you look at the head-to-head, Carroll beat Northwest. Northwest beat Capen by 31 points. Like, because of that, you have to think that the advantage would go to Bishop Carroll. And I think that that's what will happen to, the, tonight. But hopefully, you know, a close game, another one that would be a good one to go in the annals of the series. Matt, in 5A, a team that is kind of on the come-up that uh, they have really improved this season is Valley Center. Uh, they are number seven in 5A right now in the rankings on Catch at Kansas. They're on the road at Andover, who uh, historically has been a pretty good team, at least over the last couple of years. What are you seeing with that matchup, and what do you know about Valley Center and how they've been able to improve so well? Yeah, I got a chance to watch Valley Center last week for in person for the first time with this new group, and it really just kind of starts and ends with uh, Damont Mucker, their running back. So he uh, played his first two years of high school up at Staley, Missouri, just out of Casey, Missouri, uh, one of the one of the Casey Mo powers up there. Uh, ends up moving to Park City in the off season. Now is sitting up for Valley Center. And two weeks ago against Campus, he ran for 319 yards. Last week against Salina Central, he ran for 340 yards. So just numbers like that, just like eye-popping numbers, and they just kind of know. they like, hey, get him the ball, let Mucker do his thing, let the line block for him, and they're good. They, they very, very rarely pass the ball. Like entering last week's game, they had 10 completions all season. They had six in that game still, which is more than enough to overpower Salina Central. But like you said, Andover, I cannot figure out for the life of me. I thought they were going to be like a – Top five, top ten, the team in five A entering this year, but then they have some questionable losses, uh, and then but also like like decent enough wins that you think that hey, it wouldn't be surprised if they win this game tonight, even with Dallas Center coming in with the better mark. Well, we've been asking you about specific uh, uh, football games tonight, but I'd like to ask you, other than the games we've already talked about, what kind of intrigues you? Where is an upset? Give me something that that you find fascinating with a, with games tonight. Give me that game. Um, I am really looking at, like, I mean, we talked about uh, Wichita Independent last week. That's their right. one I'm really kind of watching. Tonight. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're talking about, I'm talking, they are, uh, they're 5-0 and tonight. Uh, South Sumner, who, uh, we did a story over the summer with South Sumner. They are a brand new, like, co-op agreement with Caldwell and South Haven down by the border. And two schools, it's like South Haven, South Haven, I think they were both eight-man division two. They decided to do a co-op this year and uh, bump up the eight-man division one. They returned uh, Keandre Smith, who was a great quarterback from the, at the eight-man level, who 
was at Caldwell last year, and they were they were they were a playoff team. And so they're five out to five in their start. We have them up in our top five, I believe, in the rankings right now. And then independent, like coming off that win against Attica Argonia, who's usually a really good eight-man team, they uh, 45 point uh, mercy rule them last week. Independent does. So can independent keep that going? I'm not. I'm uncertain. This is definitely the toughest test they'll have since coming back down to eight-man. But that's one I'm definitely keeping an eye on. Just kind of really get like a, a really good a gauge on where that program is. All right, there it is. We got you all the way from 6A down to 8-man. I'll be at that 8-man game, by the way. I am pretty excited about that. Um, we'll see it. Independent has one of my favorite stadiums in the city. I, I also, like, that game at Riverfront will be cool. Like, let's see that thing. That's a part of bringing that stadium downtown. This is, you know, the first chance we get. But, you know, that was a part of it. That was a part of selling the city on the idea of a downtown stadium is doing something like this. So lots of different places we'll be with Catch at Kansas tonight. You can get all the latest at catchatkansas.com. You can download the Catch at Kansas app and, of course, tune into the Catch at Kansas show. That goes at 1035 on the KSCW, uh, 12 News at 10. We will get things started there on CBS, on KWCH. So tune in for all of it. Matt, uh, good luck. It's a busy day. We're going to have some fun tonight. Excited. Such a good Friday slate of games. Hard to find a bad one to be at tonight. And we get the football weather, which a lot of people like. Yes. I don't know if I'm ready to be cold yet. I I, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Uh, All right. There goes Matt Henderson. We always appreciate his insight in the high school world. Nobody knows more. Nobody covers it better than Matt does at Catch at Kansas. Some of the national writers now getting in on the KU football stadium reporting. Uh, We will get more into that, get you the latest here. Pete Thamel now with some information sort of confirming what we know, but for ESPN, maybe a few more details. We'll get into that as we make our way through this Friday edition of Sports Daily. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, it's uh, news is coming in here by the second, so forgive us. So Pete Thamel went on Twitter. He sort of backed up the reporting of Mike Vernon that we had seen already, and then Matt Tate now dropping in the last couple of minutes. Uh, basically, the official announcement. Tommy, you've seen some things. It looks like this announcement is is now, right? Like, we're going forward. It's a new stadium. Yeah, it's happening. Uh, email came out just a couple of minutes ago from Travis Goff saying that uh, it looks like there's going to be a major uh, transformation of David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium and a significant renovation and enhancement to the Anderson Family Football Complex. Uh, construction will begin early 2023. According to Travis Goff, uh, athletic director at KU, he also says 
It will alter the landscape of our student athlete and fan experience and will benefit the community as a whole. Uh, so, you know, looks like they're targeting a multi-use space uh, with a mix of conference and entertainment space, retail, and other functions that will drive regional economic growth and enhance academic programming. Okay, so let's see here. So renovations to Memorial Stadium and the football complex. So the first big check then would be it's going to go, we assume then, where it is now currently. Is that how we're yes. all reading that, Tom? Is that how you're reading that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, in fact, so the, that's, the, that's the, the, email, first the email from Travis Goff, yeah, the email from Travis Goff says, a profound development project at 11th and Mississippi Streets. So right on the site where uh, the stadium currently is. And that means they're going to have to have a place to play in the interim. Um, which is some of the some of the stuff that came out yesterday had mentioned perhaps Sporting KC as a place where they could play some games, obviously not as big, which is interesting, right? But, you know, if, if you're going to build it where the current one stands and renovate and do those things, if they started in early 23, I can't imagine they would be done in a matter of months with a project of that magnitude, could they, Paul? No, no, they can't. So they're going to have to make some arrangements. I would imagine that uh, even uh, even uh, Arrowhead may come into play. I don't know if that's the fact, but it, it could. You know what I'd love to see? You know what I think would be a great thing? Wouldn't you love to see KU maybe slip over to Manhattan and use their stadium? I mean, yeah. both of these, <laughs> both, I don't think that would ever happen. No second. way. I both of think these schools happen. are financed by Kansas taxpayers. You know, I, I know That's the only reason it might, but I, even then, I, I don't think that. I don't think either side would want to do well, that. I said I, the, cool. the only thing, the only thing that would make that happen is the lawmakers being like, "All right, we'll finance your stadium, but you're going to go play over there for a minute." I don't think they have to do that uh, because Sporting KC is on the Kansas side. So, you know, if if the Chiefs didn't provide the facility, then you could go up to Sporting and do it. How big? Let me let me look at Sporting's capacity because um, I think it's what twenty thousand. Yeah, it's not it's um, not what you want, and it won't satisfy very many people. Uh, the, another yeah. alternative would be, uh, how about Wichita five, State yeah. coming down to Wichita and playing? At least Cessna. you're going to well, at least you're going to play unless they start tearing it down, which I'm against. By the way, I don't. I'm not I crazy don't think about they'll be renovated by then either. The, the, they may be right in the middle of theirs too. Oh, I, you could look at no. I'm you know, talking you could about look at yeah, playing while they're while they're still big, while they can still seat forty five thousand. That's what I'm talking about because that would be, I think, a great experience for Wichita. To have an up and coming team like KU come in, I, I'm just saying I'm throwing out I'm throwing out stuff ideas. So I I would like to read this one portion of this email from Travis Goff that I found to be incredibly intriguing. He says, and I quote, "It is up to each of us to ensure this continued ascension by bringing this world class project to fruition. In doing so, and I want to be very clear on this." Those are my words, but this is what he says. In doing so, we will provide Coach Lance Leipold and his program the facilities needed to continue to compete at the highest level. He didn't have to include the words Coach Lance Leipold in that email announcing the project, but he did. And I think that's deliberate, guys. Oh, sure. For sure it is. He, I mean, look, he's going to have to that, – that doesn't solve the problem, but it very much makes clear – that it's a part of the equation to right, this. Right, right. It doesn't, I don't think it lessens his load, though, in having to get right. that deal done. But right. yeah, of course. Well, I, I think tying it to Leipold 
is a tremendous idea. Leipold had quotes in there too, right? Um, it will specifically impact our current and future football players. We'll now have a state-of-the-art facility to train in with an up-to-date facility and a commitment to improve Anderson Family Football Complex. Our day-to-day -day operation will be more efficient and effective. This is an exciting time for Kansas football. It certainly adds to it. Um, those things could be said even if Leipold goes to Wisconsin next right. year. Right, but, but, the... it sure, but it sure doesn't hurt. Yeah. But I did not hear the words, I'm staying at Kansas and not going to Wisconsin. Hey, I which, know. Which, I know. By, which, by the way, you understand the English language better than Tommy. And I know offense, Tommy. But you understand the words of the English ladder, uh, language better than we do. And and here's the thing when it comes to Lance Leipold. It's, it's that almost everybody in national media that I've read anything about this, which is maybe five or six guys that uh, uh, nationwide – who say he's going to Wisconsin. You know, the consensus out there amongst uh, guys like you, me, and Tommy, uh, the consensus is he's leaving. He's going to Wisconsin. And one can't blame him, but that's what the consensus is in the national media. Yeah, I don't think it – I mean, it's not a foregone conclusion, but it's very possible. I mean, I don't know. What, are we, what number are we going to put on it, Tommy? 50-50? Maybe it's more, more Wisconsin and less KU. But I will – to your point on – Leipold's inclusion in this release today, this isn't going to hurt and can only help. But you still got to get a big contract done or it won't matter. I mean, that's yeah, I think and, and this is what we talked about at the top of the show, right? These things have to run hand in hand. But if you're going to prioritize right. one, you got to get the stadium done. And the longer that it takes and the the longer we go week by week without a, a contract with Leipold, an updated contract, uh, I think the chances get a little bit higher each week that he will not return next season. I think that especially with this stadium announcement that again, yeah, hand in hand, working in tandem, getting a stadium deal done and then getting a deal done with Lance Leipold should be in short order, you know, in short succession with one another, because the longer this ticks on, uh, I, I think that that, that just increases the possibility that he doesn't return next season. Right. And then also, you know, I don't want to bring up the ugly head of NIL again, but that's also on the mix, you know, just as a brand new stadium is important to to the success of this program, you know, continued success, continued revenue for NIL at the University of Kansas. Guys, I, I, I'm not going to get off this bandwagon. That also is important to keeping a coach like of this quality at your university. NIL is going to get bigger and bigger in all aspects of college football, bigger and bigger, not only in recruiting, but in keeping players and keeping coaches in getting new coaches. Uh, and, and we don't know what that future is, but I'll tell you what, I, NIL is almost as important as a new stadium. Can I also say really quickly, if I'm Lance Leipold, I understand the appeal of Wisconsin. To an extent, I also understand a little bit of the potential maybe at Nebraska down the road, a little bit. But, man, what he's got at Kansas and what's growing right now and what's being I know, built. It matters. And the way they're rallying around him. Why would you want to go anywhere else? It well, matters. And, and KU's in a position to Paul's point on NIL, which is, of course, a good point to getting players. Kansas is going to be able to spend on players. I mean, don't. If they want. That's not going to, no. that's not going to be a problem. That goes into fundraising for everybody. But the more momentum there is, as we've learned from Kevin Saul, Wichita State's athletic director, 
NIL can come in a lot of different ways. And and if fans are excited and able to do things, they'll do it. I mean, that all, it all goes hand in hand. New facilities don't hurt. The momentum of a program doesn't hurt. Like, it all goes hand in hand. This is the biggest step, though, to KU football long-term relevance. What we're getting today. Much more on this next week. Uh, Eyewitness News, uh, 12 News tonight. We'll have you covered on it. We'll be right back. I'm attorney Gary Patterson. Were you hurt in Iraq? We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.